Hey folks, welcome back to the Wild Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Ayers. And in this podcast, we want to share mentorship to learn how to hunt, fish, and gather wild food. Our goal is to reduce barriers and create an inclusive and welcoming community for all folks who want to learn how to eat wild. So join us as we share stories, ethics, adventures, and knowledge about a way of life that's rooted in eating wild. Hey folks, welcome back to the Eat Wild Podcast. It's uh, may have been a little while since I last released a podcast, mostly because it's been a a bananas morel spring season. It's also bear hunting season. Mickey and I have been madly fishing for ling cod on the Sunshine Coast. So it's just been a great spring harvesting season. So it's been hard to pin myself down and um, uh, get in front of the microphone and put something together for you. But I, I do have something for you here, and I'm really excited about this one. This is a, this is um, recorded back in the winter, and I I got a chance to hang out with 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 my my partner Mickey and my friend Ash Wong, who both harvested their first bucks in the past couple of years, and they both have great stories of their first buck experiences. Now, Ashley's story is a is a whitetail story. Mickey's story is a is a mule deer story. Both of which are are, are very different hunts and and very different learning approaches. But the the stories are well told, so it's tons of fun. So so you you'll catch up with us. It's a dinner party uh, at our place, and there's my my good friend Jay and hunting partner who you would have caught on the uh, the elk story uh, this past year. Jay's got got that beautiful elk, and uh, and his partner Ashley is a new hunter, and of course uh, my partner Mickey, uh, telling their story. So it is a good hang, and and it's some great storytelling. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, all right. So before we get started, I want to I want to do a couple things. I want to I want to uh, say thanks to our sponsor of um, West Coast Kitchen Canada. Need to support us on our adventure hunts by providing us uh, a supply of freeze dried food on our adventures, and 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 I really like their stuff because it it's uh, natural food, freeze dried, in a bag for your adventures. It's uh, gourmet quality food, and to be honest, I just after putting being out there for a week or more in the backcountry, having quality food just allows you to. Uh, be healthier and stronger in the mountains and that just makes all the difference and it's really nice to look forward to a meal that you're going to enjoy at the end of the day there's a lot of other products out there that are full of salt and man they beat you up so west coast kitchen canada check it out uh put in the discount code eat wild they'll hook you up with a bit of a deal check it out i also want to thank uh seek outside they make ultra light gear They've they've supported us uh, by per, for sorting us out with several tents and some backpacks. Uh, the tents is are awesome. Like they they're basically uh, these single wall tents. That you can put a wood stove inside, and it's a game changer for your late season hunting adventures because you can put a stove inside and stay warm and cozy and dry out on long adventures. If you're looking for ultralight gear, seek outside. Check them out again. Discount code EatWild. They'll hook you up. All right, lastly, if you know anybody that 
wants to join you on this journey of becoming a hunter, they can access the BC hunting course online with Eat Wild. It's like all of our lectures uh, put together into an online learning course. You can get access to it at eatwild.ca. We also do a whole bunch of other fun workshops. So if you're learning to build your skills uh, or to build community around ethical, awesome hunters, um, come check out one of our events and we'll see you there. All right, let's get into this one. Yeah, I, I, the night hunting thing, I have this like one experience. I was coming off a whitetail hill and it was just getting dark. And I'm kind of like, I'm kind of falling, going down this gully. And I'm kind of navigating, the gully is kind of, it's like dark on each side of the gully, right? So I'm kind of navigating by like the, the little strip of light above me, the trees to get down to what I eventually hit the road. And all of a sudden, like the treetops that are like above me, and, and I'm looking through that little bit of light to guide me, all of a sudden erupt with ravens just like this giant cloud of ravens like flying around this massive like oh yeah this circle of like ravens just cruising around and it was like I, I swore it was like 30 or 40 ravens I've never seen a group of ravens together like this in this in, you know, there's in this ecosystem not like you see that with the crows here in, in Vancouver coming and going in the evenings but it was like this murder of ravens that not was good like, time. Well, just, but just so, well, do that. Actually, I didn't even think about you that. You see ravens in the woods, right? Yeah, yeah. You just got to kill. I, it, it wasn't that they were roosting up and they happened to walk through like a raven rookery <laughs> and, and right at the last little bit of light. And it was just like so freaking spooky, man. Like, is it just like this circle of ravens above me and just like followed me as I, as I, uh, <laughs> ran out of the bush there. But yeah, so stuff like that happens at night and it's creepy as can be, but. Anyway, so, okay, so you've been progressing, after we go back to you, and you've been progressing along in your journey to become a hunter, and you had those great moments where you, you know, you, you know this is for you. Now, I want to move towards, like, our first box stories, and that's what this podcast is about, and there's exciting stories to tell here. Um, but you, tell me about your first buck story, not this buck story. <laughs> So the first buck that I didn't get to bring home. Um, yeah, I was out hunting with Jay and another buddy who was like, this is his first day hunting for big game. So he went for a walk with Jay in the morning and I took him out in the evening. And, uh, you know, we're, we're waiting for Amelia to walk through this area. We're going through and it didn't happen. So it was starting to get a little bit darker. And we said, ah, we'll head down just before it gets dark because, you know, I'm afraid of the dark. And as we're walking towards camp, this spike buck is harassing this doe in front of us, like chasing him like he's in the rut. I mean, he's a month early, but that's okay. And he runs in front of us, and I look over at our buddy Sean, who's, who's a new hunter, and he's like, I am too tired. <laughs> so I start chasing after this deer, and he's chasing this doe over the over into this gully, and I chase over, chase after him, and I see him. And he sees me and he's he's like dead on, like head, like a perfect frontal shot looking at me. And we probably had, and I, you know, I put my trekking pole down and I got the gun lined up and we were having a stare off for probably three minutes. 
because he had a frontal shot and it's the first deer and I just wasn't comfortable taking that frontal shot. So I waited and I waited and finally we're close enough to the road, a a car drove by and it kind of got his attention and he turned broadside and as he turned broadside I took the shot and I saw him go up and then he came back down and kind of just like piled up next to this log and so watched him he didn't move for a minute and went back to our camp which was maybe like 50 feet away just to grab an extra headlamp and I brought Sean down with me and (laughs) I get down there and it's kind of getting dark at that point and I get the headlamp out and I can see his eyes and he's still alive (laughs) so I'm sitting there waiting 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 for him to pass and it probably wasn't as long as I thought it was but it felt like forever waiting for this deer to pass and I was so excited and, you know, and he gets up and I'm going, oh God, here we go. He gets up and he starts stumbling and he falls on his fronts and he keeps walking and, but he, he's moving like 20 feet at a time and then he's back down again. And I'm kind of just following him with the lamp and he walks over to this like creek edge and then he just looks back at me. <laughs> I got the headlamp on him and he just slides down on his fronts all the way down pretty much a a steep cliff embankment down into this creek, which I know is down there. And I can't see him at this point, so I walk over to the ledge pretty quietly, and I stick the headlamp down there, and he's just made his way across the creek, but he's fully collapsed on the other side. And I think he's done at this point. Like, he's not going anywhere. He's in thick vegetation. He's that's, That's him. And I'm looking over there, and I see a second set of eyes, and I'm like, oh. He's gone over there because that's where his doe went. Yeah, that wasn't the case. (laughs) I'm moving the spotlight around, and it's a black bear. (laughs) This black bear is probably 10 feet from my deer at this point, and he's thinking he's taking him home for dinner. (laughs) And I, you know, my first buck, and I thought, well, I can leave it till morning because it's getting dark, and I can come back and see if he's there, or... I can try to shoo away this black bear in the dark on my own, essentially, and um, cross this creek. And I decided that, yeah, I didn't want to lose my first buck to a bear. And I went over there and I shouted, hey, bear, hey, bear. And I, you know, I tried to shoo him away and he was really hesitant. He really wanted that deer. And he was like kind of going back and forth thinking, you know, I can get him. And finally, he kind of shoot up to the side of the mountain, but not far. We're talking like... 60 feet where I could kind of still see him and finally I couldn't see his eyes anymore um so how dark was it at this time like oh it was dark by the time we got there because I was waiting for the deer to expire it was pitch black black. I couldn't see this bear unless his eyes were looking at me okay which you know stupid yeah but I had Sean with me and he's six foot four so he could fight the bear Uh, (laughs) and um all that commotion spooked the deer one last time and he just kind of I remember watching him just kind of you know, take four or five really lame steps into this thick brush that, like, even in the daylight would have been hard to get a deer out of. Yeah. Couldn't see the deer at that uh, point. Couldn't see the bear. And I said, you know, we'll come back in the morning. Yeah. Great call. And then yeah. Jay and I, you know, he's got his deer and we meet back at camp and I'm on the verge of tears. I'm so disappointed. And yeah. we go back in the morning and we go to look in this area for the deer and we had to walk in with guns loaded because there was, I've never seen bear so much bear scat in one area in my life. It was everywhere. 
it was the bear's home and we searched and searched and searched and nothing. So this poor little deer of all places they <laughs> skid down to the bottom of the gully, have mm-hmm. a, like skid into a bear den essentially. Or yeah. A bear. yeah. And, yeah. and the bear's like, oh, oh bonus. Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, great. the Fontuan delivery guy. Yeah. Or the, yeah, yeah. Skip yeah. The you know, I'm up on the mountain, I'm getting the text, right? And they, hey, shot a deer. I'm like, beauty, right? First buck. And then like 10 minutes later, trying to fend off a bear. So, you know, I was occupied. Was this, la- was this last year? No, this is this, this year. year. This is like, Earlier this, this year. This is like a month yeah, ago. Yeah, mid-October. And all I can say is... I know where I'm going for my spring bear. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. going to get him. It yeah. tastes great. It tastes like deer. It's a dead bear, man. Yeah. Do you think you'll find the antlers? I don't know. I think. Would you, you recognize the antlers? Oh, I would, yeah. I would. You have to dig through the poops, though. I got to dig through the copious amount of poops. Lots of poops. I showed you pictures. You know, that was a, it's an amazing story. Though. What a, and like, what a bummer. Uh, like, yeah. just like, I mean, what, I mean, I've never had anything like that happen with, with bears take, I mean, I've killed like, tons of elk and other critters in really high density bear country and never, never had that type of issue happen. And, and it's a common thing to happen in those areas. And yeah, so it's, that's a wild ride. Okay. Well, that, that's pretty fun. So, so there is, there's a redemption story at the end of this, but I, but I want to go back to Mickey who's been on her journey. We, we did, how many days did we hunt on the first hunt maybe 10 yeah wow, it was a, it was like it was a it was like it was a solid it was a it, week and a bit yeah it was a long hunt so we and in my mind i wanted to take you on a hunt that was like beautiful easy easy no <laughs> not really easy we we did an alpine effort in early like a yeah but easy in, in terms of like seeing deer and uh right like i'm assuming yeah. you were designing like uh first deer experience that was uh totally well I, I i was thinking alpine mule deer hunt in a spectacular place like beautiful lovely place fall in love full with of Al- deer full of deer yeah <laughs> definitely and then that whole we, we had that in mind and and we went up we climbed the mountain we backpacked up and there's like beautiful mountain alpine mount, alpine range everywhere around us and there was like no deer there was just like the deer were gone. It was an early, it was basically an early, early migration of deer out of the zone, so they were gone. So, so then I was like, okay, well, I know where all the, the, all the deer are gone. They're down in the winter range. We're coming into October first, which is like mm-hmm. where in BC we go to a, any buck season, which is like, which you know, you well, you can shoot any mule deer buck. So if you, so so we transitioned from our alpine hunt, which was a four point season, over to heading out for any buck season into what I, what I, what is winter range as far as I know and, and very productive winter range, like super beautiful country. And, uh, and with deer around every in behind every ponderosa pine tree. You can share <laughs> that spot later. I will. I will. And, and, <laughs> sagebush country. Yeah. Sagebush. And how many deer did we see on that trip? Three. Not including the two dead ones from Will and Ariel when they showed no, up. No, we saw three that morning, but they weren't bucks. Like, that's when I saw my first, like, sort of close-up live deer. Um, but I remember on our first day hiking in the Alpine, we saw exactly, like, one pile of poop. And it wasn't 
dry. It was like still sort of glistening. And that was the most exciting thing I, I'd ever seen. And then we, yeah, as we move into sagebush country, yeah, like that morning, it was a beautiful morning. Um, and, uh, and we saw three deer, three does cruising down below. Then we saw a moose that day. It was that was fucking exciting. That was cool. Yeah, just like we. Yeah, it was uh, unexpected. Like I did not know there's moose in that area. So <laughs> it was fun to see. So, so the best part of this story is we, our friends from Vancouver, Will and Ariel. So we we've been hunting together for about seven days now without having seen a buck, and you know, given her, and Will. And Ariel show up to our camp and they, and they text us like, oh, we got late getting out of town. We're like, uh, we're going to be late showing up maybe like midnight. And we're like, oh, we have an extra tent. How about we just set it up for you? We'll put sleeping pads in there. And so you just roll in at midnight and you can just crash. And they're like, oh, thank you so much. You're, you're like, you're God sent. Thank you. So they, they roll in. We're just, we're just about to go to, well, we've set the tent up and uh, we're, we're, we're ready for bed for sure. So we want to get up. First thing, we have, we have a bit of a plan to go after a couple of deer that we'd seen. We did see some bucks. Yeah, we saw at that, that point. By I, then, yeah. Yeah, I had, a, I had a plan, or I thought I did. Well, we had a plan. We saw some bucks. <laughs> I thought I did. So we were going after these bucks. And uh, it was, they were all in at like midnight. And they, they we have a quick like beer, and then we, we all roll into our respective tents. And we're up at, you know, 536. And out of camp at 6 30 or something and will and ariel have hunted this area a lot too so this is not a complete fluke but mickey and i go back up to our our little zone where we finally found a few a few deer and we're set up where we think they're going to walk out in front of us hopefully and it's like 7 15 or something like that and i get a text from will and he says tagged out and i'm like how can it's been like it's been like about 17 minutes of daylight. <laughs> Him and Ariel? Was that? Him yeah, and Ariel? Well, tagged out, tagged out. Yeah, we what? were tagged out. It was the message. And then he sends me a picture of a buck. And then sends me a picture of another buck. And I'm like, are those last year's bucks, maybe? <laughs> and I'm like, no, this is, this is just how they roll. And, and here I am taking my, like, you know, new girlfriend out on her first hunt and just like coming up short every day. Our three bucks, they're gone and disappear. I'm just like, I'm in the dumps, truly. (laughs) (laughs) So at that point, like I think we saw, we saw bucks two nights before that in that one spot. And we saw them come down the hill and then I thought in my head, if we're here tomorrow at the same time, they might do the same thing. So there was this family and there was a buck amongst them. So it wasn't like the alpha buck or anything, but it was a decent buck for the first buck. <laughs> and, uh, and the same day that Ariel and Will pulled into camp, we went back there at my request to like re rebuild this this uh stock and and try to get the buck and i remember 
this tension like we were in a spot that we thought was like bang on for where we saw the deer come down the night before and i was hidden behind a sage bush um that was like covering me and like i was set in a in a comfortable shooting position and uh, dylan was trying to take his mind off what he probably knew was a futile weight <laughs> <laughs> and there were like crickets buzzing around us in in a very it it almost sounded like a chant in 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 a very um almost um um yeah it felt like it felt Oh, that scene felt like it was meant to happen because of all of the different elements. Like I, I thought in my head, I thought I, okay, I, like I got these deer um, and their patterns locked down. And at the time I had not read the books where you learn about the fact that mule deer have no patterns. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I had this, uh, yeah, the, the surroundings in a way dialed down and, and it felt like almost like a ceremony with, with, uh, with a chance of, of, um, the crickets and the, the evening falling down, the night falling down, but then we didn't get even to see any deer that evening. So the next morning we were set out to get into that spot from another angle so at this point are you like after after like will and ariel come you know show up for literally a half an hour hunt they double buck and they head home and we've now gone for 10 days of hunting are, are you at this point like is my status as you're like hunting you know mentor teacher you know is it eroded at all like, are you thinking at this point like man i totally gambled on the wrong person i should have gone after will because he clearly knows how <laughs> gone <after>. <laughs> <laughs> um no and and in a way i can i can sense that that's what you're thinking but in my mind there's no better way of learning than by and and because my whole journey towards hunting was not like i was not i I knew that I'd have to come to terms with every step of my journey, learning journey, and then to be out there in deer country and see sign and learn about what that means and see deer on the landscape before having to actually, having the opportunity to shoot one. To me, that was the greatest gift and that was the greatest relief that (laughs) in a way... I got to spend 10 days walking through these different ecotypes, seeing sign and not pulling a trigger. So to me, that was, yeah, there were no, uh, it, it was, it was a huge success for me, that trip. Well, we covered some ground and I learned it down. We like, part of hunting for me is always exploring and like finding new zones. And we, we covered that area really well. Like there's like, that, I have like seven more hunts I want to do now after having spent that time and invested in, in all the exploration we did. 
All right, Ash, we're gonna go back to you. Now, I think we're ready. So you walked in the door with a tremendous white-tailed buck. <laughs> Not the whole deer, just this the skull. Yeah, I actually called the whole thing in. <laughs> yeah, just like dragged it in, like, hey, let's push this up. No, <laughs> um, it and and I all I mean I have to say like, and just for context here for the listeners, like, you 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 were hunting in a zone that I've hunted for the last thirty five years, and we've got a lot of dedicated whitetail hunters that have hunted this spot for thirty five plus years, and there's been a handful of bucks that look like this buck that I'm looking at here on, on that's sitting here in the in, in, on the wall here. And I, you, you're, you're, you're screwed. I mean, you're just never going to, you, you'll unlikely ever shoot a deer as, as massive as this. However, it, 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 you know, you're going to have a ton of fun from here on out. Cause you know, yeah. So how did this beautiful buck, you know, come into your life? Um, well, let's start before even the hunt. Um, you know, getting out there on the first day, um, I was sick. I had a cold and, uh, you know, I was taking a few cold meds here and there to keep me going. And, uh, you know, first day we were out, I, uh, came across a, a spiker and actually he walked on top of me, which I think was a blessing because it reminded me to have my gun ready. And to be, you know, I was physically ready, but my gun wasn't in a good spot. So that leading up to it the first day um, was, yeah, it was a blessing. Um, second day, we're going out and uh, I drop off the boys at their spots and uh, I feel terrible. I was, you know, 90% sure that I was going to go back to camp and sleep it off. Mm-hmm. Um but, uh, you know, I, I took two Advils and I, I took two, two, uh, two very large Buckley's tablets. Um, was kind of half asleep at this point because I had uh, taken so many meds to get me, through, get me up the hill. Um, I was like, you know what? If I can sleep in the tent and sleep in the car, I can sure as hell sleep in the woods. So I put all my stuff, put all my gear, and I start hiking up and it probably takes me an hour to get up to where I'm going because I'm walking slow and, you know, in case I run into the buck close to the truck, thought it would have been a good idea. Um, but I finally get up to the top of this this ridge where I'm going and I'm just about to sit down and I, and I hear rattling to my right and it's not like natural, very human made, very sequential patterns and I'm like, all right. So I start taking off left and... Again, I'm just about to sit down and I hear more rattling. <laughs> and again, it's human. So I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to go back to the right and I'm going to sit directly in the middle of them and kind of in the middle of the area that I really wanted to sit in anyways. I found a really nice spot where two trees had fallen and they kind of made a V and I dug myself a little hole actually to get in deeper so I'd be under better cover and put my bag to the left in me and I put my rifle in front of me um, on this log because I was like, well, if I see a whitetail, it's probably going to run away from me like all the other deer do. So at least if I put it on the log, I'll have something to shoot off of. And uh, I put on all my jackets. I put my hands in my pockets. <laughs> I close my eyes and have a nap. And, um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really a light sleeper and I'm really sensitive. Like if a leaf blew the wrong way, I'd wake up. 
and that, that, that happened. I woke up to a doe and her two fawns and I was watching them for about 20 minutes in front of me and they didn't notice me. It was great. And, uh, you know, I, from the deer that I've seen before and the ones that have walked on top of me or been close and I've looked at through my binos rather than, you know, had my gun ready, I, even the doe, I, I put her in the scope no finger on the trigger, safety was still on everything, but just to practice having an animal in my scope from the yeah, th mistakes I had made before. Yeah. I was really thinking about them this time, even though I had taken all those meds. <laughs> I was really like going through the process of what do I need to do to get a deer? Um, so they they left and I, I went back to sleep. And as you do when you're way till hunting and sitting in your stand. Yeah. It's not awesome. I mean, I'm not like Dylan. I didn't have a podcast or like Bejeweled to be playing at the same time, but. Um, <laughs> Scrabble. Scrabble. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Wrong game. So I, I to make sure my gun's in the right spot and I go back to sleep and I wake up to a stick breaking and I open my eyes and lo and behold, there's a doe six feet in front of me sniffing me to see if I'm alive. Like she's looking at me and I'm looking at her and she's sniffing and she's not really sure what I am and but she's not scared. I think you could probably tell I was half awake and I, I kind of just blew a bit of air into her face like oh and she just took off walking, kind of trotting, but not running. And I, when she started going, I heard another stick break to my left and I look over and there's this buck. And I was like, oh a buck. Sweet. And I just I did not move. I barely blinked I actually put my eyes down to not make eye contact with him and I didn't move my arms or anything and I kind of watched him from the corner of my eye he was looking at me and he had his head tilted like my dog does when I've got a cookie in the hand <laughs> and he's looking at his doe and he's thinking well I kind of want the doe but I don't know how scary this girl is so he actually instead of turning around and running away he turns to his left and just heads down the mountain and as soon as he's out of sight, I really quickly but quietly put my, I shoulder my gun and I put it on the, the log and I'm ready for a running shot because at this point he's moving. And he's going down, he finally comes back into sight and he's trotting away and he finally, I've got him on, the, on my scope and he, uh, he stops behind a set of trees and I'm like, oh, come on, move, move, move. And I'm like starting to shake at this point because I've obviously coming back to reality I was awakened up from the meds and he starts full on like running after this tree and he's I think he's running after his doe and he probably gets about five yards and he's running and I've got the scope on him and I just say bang I had a really amazing you know broadside shot and he was close he wasn't far so how, how far would you say he was um what do we measure like 50 yards okay, so he yeah. wasn't far yeah, and i was that's reasonable yeah i was shot. really confident like i would never take a, a running shot if it's too far away because my my thing is like don't maim the animal right don't don't half kill them so they run into another bear um <laughs> you learn your lesson i learned my lesson um and i shoot him and the one thing jason taught me is always have another bullet bullet ready and i you know i put another round in and as soon as i have my scope on him he's falling on his front legs Goes another five yards, tumbles onto his front, does a somersault, and his legs are up from the sky, and he's down. And I still have the scope on him, mm -hmm. waiting for him to get up. And as soon as I saw his legs go up and do that stiff, like, I'm mm -hmm. dead kind of position that I see on you know all those YouTube videos Jason shows me all the time, um, I knew he was down. And I 
looked and I was like, oh, sweet, like my first buck. And I, I get on the radio and I'm like, Jason, Jason and Joe, like. Okay, hold on. Before you go there, I want yeah. to ask a question to Jason. Yeah. So, Jay, yeah. when you heard the gunshot, what went through your head? So I got to tell my morning story a little bit. That's true. Because my morning story, the spot that Ashley went into, I went there the day before. And I know you told me if you had a spot, give it some rest, right? So I so you I, put Ashley on your spot that you hunted the day before. We, well, I went in there and I found. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> well, I, I went in there and you know the day before we had a really bad access point, but I managed to hike, and you never should 15k and have a whitetail day. Whoa! Yes. Terrible. So I covered ground, but this spot I found it. And I found some does and I, you know, I hiked the ridge there and I came down and I said, you know, what, you should go to the area the next day. So I put her in that spot and I was going into a separate spot that she dropped me off and I thought would be good. I ended up hiking fire road for probably the first hour of light and came down. I'm like, you know, what? I'll just head my way towards Ash and see where she's at. So I'm hiking around in the woods and uh, I ended up in some pretty open forest and it's probably 10, 20 by now. And I'm starting to get into some really good stuff and I hear boom, right? And I know Ashley's not too far from me or at least from what I know, she's pretty close. And I'm like, like Ashley's hunting right over there. So I, you know, I dump the pack and turn on the radio and I'm walking around and then here, Jason, Joe. And I'm like, no way. Like, there's not a chance. Are you kidding me? I'm like, yeah, like coffee, go ahead. She's like, I just shot a buck. And I'm like, and I radio her back and my buddy's already on the radio too. And he's like, you know, should, uh, you know, you need help packing out. I'm like, no, Joe, don't worry. Continue your hunt. Like, I'll, uh, I'll help her. And I'm like, I'm like 200 yards from you, right? She's like right over the ridge there. And I get there in a couple of minutes and I peek over there. And, you know, I walk down and I see this deer and I'm like, there's no way. Like, that's, I've been hunting whitetails in that general area for, it's probably been seven years now. And I've seen the two good deer that I've seen, which I've shot, have both been, you know, all right basket rack for us but like nothing like that so blown away nothing like that well i've been hunting for 35 years there so yeah <laughs> Sean bigger one's me yeah, yeah. i don't think i'll ever go so big, but. when you walked up to this thing what, what was your what do you think well i just looked at it as a holy shit i shot that i didn't realize how big he was at the time i just thought you know buck like he's got a rack on him and I think it's because I was looking at his brow tines thinking those were spikers. <laughs> and I get up to him and I put my hands on my head and I'm like, oh my God, that's a big buck. And I said it on the radio. I was like, boys, I shot a really big buck. I'm going to need help pulling this thing out. And I had my hands on my head for probably like until Jay got there. I just was like in disbelief. And... And I was looking at him and I was like, and I hit him in one shot too. Nice. <laughs> I was dude. pretty proud of myself. Yeah. He's on the radio like, he's four. I got up like, no, he's five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, that, that uh, congratulations on a beautiful deer. Yes. And that's like, yeah, it's it's a nice deer. And, and, and we took a little tour with him. I, I've got about five or six of my bucks from the same valley living in the same same general area. And uh, 
Yeah, it it, it would. It, it, I, you know, in fact, you could actually leave it on the wall of the box <laughs> in there. You get along with the rest of those guys. You know, Being one big happy family. The, it's, it's a five point club. It, yeah, the five point it, club. It, yeah, it, it could fit in there, but cool, cool. Let, let's let's go back to Mickey. Now, now this is a white tail experience that you had. Yeah, uh, Mickey, we we your first buck experience is a, a mule deer experience. So after our failed effort of, of fourteen days of slogging it, you know in uh, what I thought would be the most productive possible hunt. Um, tell us about our redemption hunt. Well, I was about to like give up hunting altogether. Such failure. <laughs> Such failure. <laughs> no. Um, I thought that was the perfect learning trip because I'd seen so many different types of habitat and so much sign. And, and and a few deer on the landscape too. So I thought that was the perfect learning trip. And then we went into this um, grasslands um, habitat. Um, and uh, which I knew was, was a, a, a productive area for, for uh, mule deer hunters. Um, and it was, I don't know how much I can talk about it without, without giving up all the secrets. Yeah. Like about how dramatic yet calm the, the, the landscape looks like and, and how usually the weather is, is so gorgeous around that time of, of the year. And we had like a rainy, rainy, um, a few days leading up to our trip and it was a bit muddy and a bit less than uh than idyllic um we definitely got which was a bit of a benefit because i mean there's a huge part of bc uh where if the anywhere on the grasslands here in bc which extend from kind of lillouette all the way up past williams lake and in different pockets, you know, east or west of that, um, of the Fraser River, Tricotin, and the, the Quinell River. I mean, all these spots have have the grassland areas, and but the nature of the grassland ecosystem is that if there's a bunch of rain, then all those roads become super mushy, and uh, there's just not a lot of rock to just hold the roads. So, so you can't get around, and and, and we kind of lucked out because we we're in a, we're in an area that's fairly popular. Um, with hunters, but because we kind of got in there in the last dry day ahead of the weekend, we were able to set up camp and kind of have a, a bit of a spot to ourselves. And, and then the rains came, uh, which kind of shut down the majority, you know, unless you were a mud bogger, you weren't going to get in there until the roads dried out. So we were actually stranded in there for a few days, um, but but we were standing in there with a bunch of great people. And, and a bunch of great bucks. And a bunch of great bucks. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I had heard about this area from other hunters, and and but it was so striking to see it firsthand and to see how dramatic the landscape is, and then to to drive into our camp spot, and um, I had I I didn't know anything about the area before, like so we go there, set up camp. 
with a bunch of friends and Claire and then we I of course trust Dylan to like walk me out on my hunt the next day and uh, overnight it starts snowing um, so when we wake up there's a there's a fine layer of initially powder that we walk through and then it starts getting crunchier and I had not uh, hunted in snow before. <laughs> the, the walks I'd taken in snow before were not uh, um, sound mindful in any way. So <laughs> I was just learning about my... Uh, Being crunchy? My Yeah, my, like my efficiency walking in the snow without making sounds or too many sounds. And then we... Yeah, you led me down this path to the glassing um, point. <laughs> we we looked around into a few certain spots where you'd seen deer before, and then we we walk on and um, we reach this uh, line of trees where. Um, there's this um, this bowl down below, which is now uh, deemed the teriyaki bowl. Forever <laughs> known as the teriyaki bowl. Um, and uh, and I remember, like you you were walking, like there's these like huge trees that you can walk behind in a way, and like and and know that you you won't get made <laughs> by any animals down below. And like you were walking, like you're you just stopped. And so there's a deer and whipped out your scope and set it up. And, and lo and behold, there was a, a deer just like bedded down watching over his side of the teriyaki <laughs> bowl. And um, yeah, and and uh, you, yeah, that was you, you told me that was uh, gonna be my my deer to try and hunt, <laughs> and you taught me what I now call the eye hunter method. Oh yeah, which I don't know if you want me to elaborate on that uh, on this uh, on this podcast, yeah. or you want to do a no? Yeah, it's uh, a, it's a good little tip for people. Yeah, for sure, you can you can try and because so the uniqueness of the spot. Is it like we're looking down? The deer is probably like five hundred meters from us, or something. It was like four hundred yards, four hundred fifty yards, four hundred fifty yards from us. So we're neither of us are shooting four hundred fifty yards, but but it's it's in this sort of like what would be a, a, a sort of a series of gullies that kind of wrap around and, and make a bowl, and we're on the top of the bowl, and so the the, the terrain is somewhat nondescript. In the sense that it's like grassland and fir trees and gullies, so knowing which gully you're on or which fir tree you're next to would be very difficult over the course of that 400 meters, especially if you're trying to wrap around behind this animal and get, you know, upwind of it and get above it so you can maybe get to within a, a shooting range. So, so anyways, take over from there. What's the what's the eye hunter's method? Eye hunter method. So you can pull out the app and look at the terrain and look at the terrain in front of you and point at 
the object you're looking at, the object of your desire, in this case, a buck, on the landscape, and figure out how far away it is from you by... Um, so you can do that by having a scope and actually measuring the distance or recognizing... The rangefinder. Yes, so, so we range a rangefinder, yes. Yards or something. Yeah, to, to measure the distance and then pinpoint the, um, the ridge he's on. Or you can recognize landscape uh, features in front of you um, and, and then actually measure the distance. So it's, it, it goes both ways. In this case, we had. Did we have a rangefinder? I think. Well, we so. rangefind him at yeah. four hundred. So, so we. So so, we, so that's how we pinpointed the 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 tip of of the ridge he was on. Yeah. In uh, in Eye Hunter, and then. Because the Eye Hunter app will also tell us how far we are from the pin, so we sort of drop the pin four hundred fifty meters on the, on the train feature that we thought he was on, so we had both the distance that we were from the pin from where we were sitting plus the rangefinder telling us that so we felt pretty good that we had him pinned down so we could navigate to him going using the go to function yeah and then like the first instinct for a new hunter is like to just like rip down the ball like just like jump off the <laughs> off the edge of that uh of that um cliff and just like go for it um but the wind was not in our favor for that sort of uh, pursuit so um we walked back onto the grasslands onto the plain and found the access point that was coming down to the ridge where he was at and at the same time the weather was uh like the cloud base was coming lower down and I think it started snowing at some point so it was getting a bit quieter and a bit um, darker too and then from time to time we would stop and uh, assess how far we were from the pin we had pinpointed and I remember at the time I had a bit of like my my backpack was like quite squeaky and I had a, a, a winter jacket that was a bit too it was excellent for like winter activities but not for hunting and I was getting warm too so I dropped my pack uh, made a mark for it on on iHunter and then we kept going because I wanted to be as free of any any anything like clinging onto my shoulders when we walked up on the buck and um, we navigated a few of those ridges and and Dylan was in front of me and like he turned around and said like it's right there and um, and I looked and like I still had my like my winter gloves on my like my ski gloves and uh, I, I dropped those down and he, he asked me are you comfortable <laughs> And at the, at the time, I heard, are you comfortable shooting off my back? And I was like, what in the, what are you asking? Um, and then, 
a few seconds later, I realized he was asking if I was comfortable shooting off his pack, which is usually a very stable um, rest to shoot off of. And of course, like I was, like that's the best if you have your body on the ground and, and your both arms on something solid, that's the best. And we set up to shoot and I cannot believe how, like the, the deer was maybe 200 yards, 250 in front of he us. Was 200 yards and he was, and he was bedded down. In the same spot. In the exact same like spot. He, was, he, had, he had just been taking a, an afternoon or like an early, <laughs> late, early morning, late nap. morning nap. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And but from our little perch, we couldn't, I mean, we couldn't get any closer because we were, we were on a little, a little lump looking at him at 195 yards. And to, if we were to drop off that lump, we would have, we would have to drop into another gully and work our way up to him. So this was it. And, 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 you know, checking in with Mickey, if she was comfortable making this shot, I know you could do it because we'd, we'd, we'd shot at 200. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a terrible shot, I guess, but, and it was so striking to see how, so when I first set up to shoot, the first thought was, it, it's so clear, like there was no movement of the crosshairs and it was, it seemed so easy, but then I, I had to ask Dylan, like, where do I shoot? <laughs> Well, he was bedded down, right? So it's not as, you know, it's a bit of a different... So he's like shooting the shoulder. And, and, and I, I kept like, I kept asking for explanations for each um, piece of advice I was given because I wanted to be precise with my shot. And because I had such a, such a great opportunity to shoot and, and yeah. So, so I kept asking and in a way in my mind, I was like, if I keep asking long enough, will that deer just like stand up and walk so I don't have to actually shoot it? I will say of new hunters, I don't know how many people have the chance. I will say of new hunters, I don't know how many people have the chance to shoot at a better deer. It's probably not often. Yeah. Yeah, so that was going through my head and I was like, oh my God, like I, like, should I ask for more, for like clarification of the clarification? And that was my first instinct to sabotage the whole operation. <laughs> but then in my head, I was like, okay, so I am here after so many months of learning and I'm here with this person who has invested so many months in like teaching me and there's like this deer so patient like just lying there so i have to take the shot so that was in a way the thought that convinced me okay like this is the opportunity and you can't like you can't backpedal out of there like you have to take the shot and you can't sabotage that and yeah and and the thought of all of the combined efforts of the people around me to get me to this point and and my own journey was um yeah it, it was not the idea of like getting the buck i did not 
at that point, I, I, I did not, in a way, feel like I wanted that deer to die. But, yeah, it was, it was all the accumulated experience and all the learning and all the teachings I had been offered that I had to honor by pulling that trigger on that, like, yeah, it, it was too perfect to pass up on. So I did. <laughs> Didn't pass up on it. You pulled the trigger. Yeah. Cool. What happened after you pulled the trigger? So the deer jumped on its feet, jumped up, and uh, it went down this ridge, like into, into a gully. So the gullies and the ridges are not very tall in this bowl we're talking about. So it was it did not just like fall off a cliff, it just like ran down this ridge into this gully, and we couldn't see it anymore. And <laughs> I remember you turning towards me and telling me, oh, that was a good shot. But I could tell that that was not like there was not a lot of conviction in 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 your um in that statement. And then we waited uh, for a while, and then we we went to um, to track that deer um, after after we waited for a couple of minutes. I don't know, ten, fifteen. Um, we were supposed to wait for half an hour, so it was probably like seven minutes. <laughs> As you do. Um, and uh, yeah, we went to. We, in a way, we didn't need, and we had no proper means to like mark the spot where we shot from, but we could see that very top of the ridge where we shot from. Yeah. So we just walked onto the ridge where the deer was sleeping. We found its bed, um, and um, and we started uh, doing a bit of blood trailing. Mm -hmm. And there were a few sp like sprinkles of blood here and there. And I could tell that you were a bit, uh, like you were walking down the path and, and looking for blood and trying to comfort me and tell me it was a good shot. And like, and, and the, the sign you were seeing was great, but I could tell that on the other hand, you were like a bit worried about the outcome. For sure, because it because because um, it ha like I've lost like you know, I've lost lots of deer. I've had lots of situations that didn't work out, and as I'm arrive at the point of contact, there's snow on the ground, so it really tells a story. Like you really see there's blood, and you're like, oh, this is happening. And there was there was blood there, but there wasn't lots of blood, and so I go into a bit of a panic. I'm like, oh fuck, like, <laughs> this is this is a this is a leg shot off situation. And, and that's just like my worst fear. I mean, like, this is like, you know, I, I just don't want this to be Mickey's first hunting experience where we have a wounded animal that we're tracking or don't recover. And I actually regret this. I, I started, I started walking down the trail ahead of Mickey tracking this little, like little like spurts of blood, like this is the dusting of blood on the snow. And, and then I see this like big, like, like lung blood spew on the trail so i stop i'm like okay this deer is gonna be dead 
So I just like turn around. I'm like, I, I want Mickey. I just don't want to, I, I, I have to like take my, I, I, I have obviously a habit of, of leading stuff. And I, and I just trying to pull, like literally like my image of myself is grabbing myself by the shoulders. Dylan, step back. This is Mickey's experience. And at this point, I'm fairly confident it's going to work out well. So I can allow myself to step back. And anyways, Mickey, carry on. Yeah, so I see you walking down the trail. And then I see you stop. And, like, I think you had told me to, like, chamber another round. Just in case we we walk up to an animal that's not dead. Um, And and in a way, by, by your reaction i know that you've seen the deer and you're just turning around and you try to make it sound like you were like oh like it's your experience you should lead but like i know that there's a dead animal there (laughs) so i i walked down the path but i was not expect like these ridges are very small (laughs) so i was expecting the deer to be further down and I take two more steps and it's right there. So I walk up on it and it's there um, just like lying down in, in, in a sage bush um, bed <laughs> in between these ridges. And it's, uh, yeah, it had died and, uh, and it's this beautiful deer. He's over there on the wall. Mm-hmm. Four point mule deer buck. Hanging out with his buddies. Got yeah. a little crown on him, too. Yeah, yeah, it has a little lichen crown. A little lichen crown, yeah. So fun. It was awesome. The whole, uh, the, the pack out was so fun. Mickey and I. And then we have to pack it out before we pick up other hunters to bring up to camp. So that was... <laughs> well, that was fun because we got to camp early. I guess the rest of the gang arrived after or something, right? Yeah. So we had a... With Mickey was tagged out and the rest of the gang. So Jana showed up and... Shelly. Shelly and Rob and his daughter. Rob was already there because he picked us up on the oh, road. Oh, that's right. He came down and grabbed us. Yes. Yeah, and Bella, his daughter. So this was fun. This was a hunt with like Rob and I and yeah... Three, four women. Awesome. Um, so anyways, Mickey, the point that I was like, when I knew you were a hunter, like a real hunter, was, so you were tagged out now. So you, the next. It was the next day. The next day. That's when I knew I was a hunter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so. So now, I knew the recipe now. I know where to go. And a little where teriyaki to look. sauce in the bowl. Yeah. So I go down and I'm tagged out and I can't do anything, but I'm not hanging out in camp. So I'm just like out on the landscape. And uh, I think we chased this deer up on the mountain. Like the, we reached the glassing spot with a bunch of people and we see a bunch of deer and then the deer disappear. So we, we, Go. I went and chased after that one buck that went up and over yeah. the ridge, right? Yeah. And then I shot him and missed him. 
Well, I didn't miss him. I hit him and didn't recover him. Yeah, is... and then that that was my first. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I I was I was uh, chasing you guys in the scope, and I'm like I I lost both of you. <laughs> um, like in, in the spotting scope. Um, and then Jana and I went. So Jana was new to camp. I felt like I had like a recipe for success. So I walked down with her to um, the tree line above the teriyaki bowl. <laughs> and uh, we see a bunch of does at, at, at the, like the very far down end of the bowl. And, and then we, we look around with the scope a bit longer. And then Jana says, okay, like I'm out of patience. I'll just like walk the bowl. <laughs> And right after she leaves, I like I keep looking and I find this um, this buck. Like my hands were freezing earlier that morning, as they usually do <laughs> in the winter. And I find this buck through my scope, and I have like no means of of actually hunting it, but it's in a similar spot as my previous buck. But this there's one is no one around me that I can actually like show it to you and like the, I, I'm alone with the buck and the spotting scope and the knowledge. So so now you 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 radioed me and I've already I got myself in a mess. I, I shot at a deer. It it didn't go. I, I thought I had it and it just did, it it didn't go. I found it ran for about I found one little tiny spot of blood and did not find the deer and uh I, I was in my own little world of hurt just wandering around looking for this deer yeah so i wasn't coming back up over to to meet mickey to have a look at this other buck and you jean has now given up on she's gotten cold or something or she's i think off she's or... walking the the bowl a different way so she has left the spotting oh but she's given up on the radio idea She's frustrated with the radio. Well, I think I just turned the radio on. I was like, does anybody hear me? Does anybody hear me? This is Mickey. There's a deer. I'm like looking at it. I can't. And this is a cranker deer. This is like a like a monster mule deer buck. For sure mule deer. <laughs> Five-year-old. It. it was my first. So I took a photo through the scope with my phone, without the phone scope. I was like, I can do this. <laughs> And I did it, and and yeah, and like my hands were no longer like I, I shed a few layers. <laughs> I was so warm all of a sudden, and I I was dying to get after it, but I had no more tags. <laughs> so, yeah, so you're definitely a hunter. You're just, you're yeah. hunting without a tag, not hunting. You're 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 scouting. So anyways, I, I, at that point, ha having seen how much energy you have, when I finally came off the mountain after like I was in a pretty bum state because I I lost this deer and it was a nice deer and. Um, you know, no sign of it after that one little spot of blood, but you know, I knew there was a hole in them somewhere. Um, anyways, and, and then you're just fired right up. Like this deer is beautiful. It was massive. And I couldn't get hold of anybody, but it was still just a rush to see how much passion you had. For yeah. It. And like, I went for it. Like I went into the bowl to just like find it <laughs> and like Throw lay some rocks eyes it. on it. <laughs> And I got hotter and hotter, like laid more shares of, uh, uh, laid more layers off, uh, shed more layers. 
sorry. <laughs> and uh, I reached the spot where he was at, but I couldn't find him. So I had to, yeah, I uh, hiked my way up to the glassing ridge, the line of trees. But yeah, that was... It was a pretty fun day, though. Yeah. All of it. The next day we ended up... But this time I, I went, like, through... So I went against the method I had been taught. Because, in a way, I knew there's like, no harm, no foul. So I just, like, ran right, straight <laughs> down into the bowl. <laughs> you were going to wrestle this deer off the mountain by the sounds of it. You were bringing him back to camp. <laughs> Yeah, but didn't see it. Yeah, well, that was a good hunt. The next day we ended up double bucking. Uh, Sean and I double bucked, and it was awesome because there was Mickey, Shelly, Sean, and I packing, yeah, four, uh, two deer off the mountain, splitting them up. And uh, that was a very successful and fun adventure. This has been fun, guys. Thanks for hanging out. And- yeah. Telling first buck stories. I love hearing first buck stories. <laughs> They're so fun. Well, we have to do the first buck banquet somehow. We, we're, we're trying to figure out, like every year we do, like our Eat Wilders, you know, their first successful hunt. Mm-hmm. Come tell their story. And normally under normal circumstances, we just have everybody over for dinner. and Just like everybody yeah. brings a bit of their meat and mm. shares that story. But uh, I was thinking about maybe doing like a Eat Wild first buck slideshow virtual slideshow so everybody like sends me their pictures of and then and then we like just do like a virtual beer hang and like mm-hmm. you know everybody have a few slides loaded up for everybody's buck story and they take turns telling their story but that's an that's an idea but it's not nearly as much fun as that's you can do a zoom call or you can share some photos well that's what yeah. i was thinking yeah like, just like do it beautiful yeah. yeah yeah maybe a big fire pit in the spring with a screen where you can yeah, kind of fun. Where you can actually show those uh, pictures off. We go to Trout Lake and barbecue a bunch of meat and little slideshow. Yeah. Anyway, this has been fun, guys. I've been, I haven't had your attention for over an hour now, so I appreciate the, the effort. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do this again. Well, we'll, we'll hang out and have dinner parties again. Yeah. And do more hunt, more hunting adventures together. So thanks so much, guys, for being on the podcast. And thanks for sharing your first buck stories. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, Dylan. Nice that was awesome. To be here. Awesome. Looking forward to dinner party season. Yeah, absolutely. It's coming real quick. <laughs> because here now we're stranded. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay, all the best. Hey, folks. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Now, we'd love to hear from you. So drop us a question either on our Instagram or email me directly at dylan at eatwild.ca. And we'll do our best to answer that question on our future podcast, or we might even build an entire podcast based on your questions. So thanks for doing that. So if you want to hear more from Eat Wild, you can come join us. We're doing a series of Eat Wild Learn to Hunt webinars. So we're getting together on a monthly basis, talking about all things hunting with a group of mentors through a webinar format. They're tons of fun. Come join us there. Now, if you happen to live in the Vancouver, Burst Columbia area, we do in-person workshops where we get together, learn fundamental skills for you to be a better hunter. Hope you can hang out for one of those too if you happen to be in the area. Now, we'd love it if you could leave a review or a comment 
wherever you listen to your podcast. That'd be a great help to us. And more importantly, share this podcast with folks who care about the stuff we're talking about. So thanks for doing that. Until next time, eat well and well.